never, ever marks the spot. I am altering the deep. Pray I don't alter it any further. Welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that does not cry when we step on a Lego. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. Hey, man. How's it going? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, I was going to say, I do come close, but I don't shed a tear when I actually step on a Lego. (laughs) So that's all good. (laughs) Well, I was trying to, it was either that or I was trying to think of how Legos have been protecting your home since whatever, like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, Kevin McAllister should have put some Legos down. (laughs) Did we, you know, in one of the Home Alone movies. Now that, since you say that, did we talk about the Home Alone house for Lego? Have you seen it? Yeah, I think you did. I haven't seen it yet, week. but I think you brought it up a couple weeks ago for news. I, I, so yeah, I was gonna say I could not remember if I talked about it. Like, <laughs> set is so cool looking, um, and I've just been looking at stuff online about it. Um, but we're not here to talk about something we talked about. <laughs> um, anyway, I am very light in the watching category. Um, yes. Uh, so I, I am as well. Cool. All right. So you want to go first, and we'll go from there. Well, yeah, I was going to say, though, one of the reasons that I'm light is uh, my weekend was actually filled with uh, Halloween festivities. Um, Just a little peek behind the curtain. Halloween was this past weekend as far as when we're recording this episode. So I actually was going to ask you, how was your Halloween? Uh, My Halloween, uh, it was interesting. I had a pseudo Halloween party on Friday. Oh, cool. Like you hosted it? uh, What? Like you hosted the party or you yeah, attended one? Yeah, we just, we just had some friends nearby come over for drinks, and they they said they were going to dress up in costume. So it was last minute for me, so I just threw on, like, because um, I have a Avengers <sighs> zip-up jacket that is basically the top half of the quantum, the Avengers quantum suit from Endgame. Um, oh, I didn't know you had that. That's pretty badass. <laughs> I, I absolutely love it. It's so cool looking. It's really comfy. Yeah. Since there's a last minute, like, crap, people are coming over and we have to dress up. And I just threw it on real fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then when they wanted to take pictures, I was like, fine. And I went and put on an actual costume. Um, so we had some people over. It was kind of fun having drinks. And then Saturday, I went to another Halloween party, which was weird because it was like, I was told it was for the kids to dress up and the adults just to hang out. And then all the kids dressed up and like half the adults dressed up. So I just felt mm-hmm. like weirdo for not dressing up. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, ultimately, two decent Halloween parties. And then obviously, you know, Halloween was standard trick or treating. So I took the kid around the block and that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's awesome. I was going to say, if ever you're caught without a costume, you could always use the uh Wednesday Adams excuse of like, 
you know, I'm a, I'm a homicidal maniac. They look like everyone else sort of thing. Yeah, but no, um, my kid wanted to go at the very last minute. When I say last minute, he was basically, I don't know what I want to be. I don't want to be. I don't want to be. And then he decided he was going to be a hockey player, which means he threw on a hockey jersey. And that was the extent of the time. <laughs> so no, no uh, rollerblades or pads or hockey nope, sticks just, or anything. Nope, just throw on a hockey jersey and call it a day, which was fine because when it came down to the treating, I threw on a hockey jersey and the two of us walked around together and had houses. <laughs> so nice. Um, and in the sake of Halloween, I, you know, you don't. I've noticed some people get super creative and some people don't. Not like when we were kids. I feel like we put a lot more co- effort into our costumes when we were kids. But hey, um, I would agree with that. I just felt like I was really lazy this Halloween, but I I feel <laughs> I feel really bad about that. Um, mm-hmm. At any rate, what? How was yours? Um, no, it was great. Um, so we attended a uh, you know like an adults Halloween party on uh, Saturday, um, which was pretty awesome. Um, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but uh, last year my wife and I and my son were all like horror characters because my son has red hair, and we just thought it would be too funny if we had this little to- toddler running around dressed as Chucky from Child's Play, <laughs> and then uh, you know she dressed up as um, Freddy Krueger, and uh, I dressed up as the leprechaun last year and it was one of those situations where we dressed up to go trick-or-treating with my son and um i spent like probably two hours doing the makeup on my face to make myself look like the leprechaun as far as all the weird bumps and wrinkles and stuff he has on his face and we went trick-or-treating for about an hour and then we didn't do anything like we just sat around last year and i was just like I put all this work into <laughs> this costume <laughs> and we're not going to a party or anything. So uh, this this year for the uh, party we went to, I revived my leprechaun costume and it was really cool to actually get um, some better use out of it and stuff. Um, and my, my wife dressed up as kind of a Heath Ledger, mostly version of the Joker, but kind of an um, amalgamation of a bunch of different Jokers. And then uh, the following day on Sunday for Halloween, um, we went trick or treating with my son and um, my wife was the Joker again. My son was Batman and I was Superman and I wore a very chintzy goodwill Superman costume that I found. (laughs) And I say chintzy because it was just, it was a man of steel version of Superman, which was pretty cool, but it's very loose fitting. Like it was the right size for me, but it kind of had more of a pajama sort of look as opposed to like a spandex look or the, you know, the costumes with like the fake muscles and stuff. This one kind of looked like I was, walking around in weird pajamas, but my son was super excited about it. And that's you, you really what counts. Like a, so you look more like a captain sweatpants than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But, um, I do, I do think I might revive, um, I might revive that costume. Like, I think it'd be a good thing to wear at like a comic or an anime convention when it's like the after hours party time or something. So, so we'll see. I, I might revive that, uh, pajama looking Superman <laughs> costume, but, uh, yeah, yeah that was the weekend for me and it was it was pretty awesome overall uh what were you gonna say so my well i was just gonna say that that's one of the reasons why you uh you weren't uh able to watch much i wasn't able to watch much because i had a lot i was absolutely just, yeah. i was super busy with like parties and halloween festivities but the uh other reasons why i haven't watched much since last show is because i'm working on a video project right now which I, we're getting on like oh, a nice. 
I'm getting I'm into the editing phases right now, which will, it's it's cool. Oh, you're it's, that far. It, yeah, it's just been shooting when I can and and the and on to the next, you know, phase of it. Um, but I got a timetable, so I got to turn it around kind of quick. So it's like kind of let's get moving. And then the other reason is I've also been working on a and d campaign. So um, that's taken a lot of time, too, because, you know, D&D campaigning can be sometimes it's very intricate. And you have to mm-hmm. plot stuff out, but sometimes it takes a little prep because you need to do an outline because you need to allow your characters to move along. But I like to be very, I like, I like to use alliteration with my descriptions and stuff when I'm trying to let people know where they are and what's going on. Um, okay. But I also, but I also like puzzles. So crafting, like when you're in a dungeon, yeah, you can have encounters with goblins and skeletons and stuff, but maybe I need a puzzle over here as opposed to a trap. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's a puzzle trap or like, you know, we got, you know, like escape room. Type. So I've been really kind of thinking my way through um, a little bit of that and trying to jot down a lot of ideas and mapping stuff out. So that's taken up a lot of my time, too. But that's that's actually really awesome and a really cool reason to uh, not be watching and reading. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was most. Go ahead. Oh, well. I was going to say I was mostly b- just busy with Halloween stuff. And then just throughout the week, I haven't had time to really watch anything, except sure. um, I caught up on a lot of trailers. A lot of them we've kind of already talked about, though, so I won't talk about those. But I did talk about some or I did watch some new ones, which I'm sure you have as well. So well, there's um, two, new, two trailers specific, and that's my basically my watching. Um, I'm oh, assuming, perfect. I'm assuming it's the same two that you watched. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, so what, do you want to talk about Marvel related or Star Wars related first? Oh, I don't even know where to begin. Um, All right. Let's let's start yeah. with let's start with the Marvel related stuff. Uh, the new Morbius trailer drops. Yes. OK. Yes. Um, initial thoughts. What do you think, man? I thought this trailer looked awesome. I I honestly have no idea. I haven't seen people talk about this online or anything, so I don't know what the general consensus is, but. I really thought this trailer looked cool. Um, I think superhero uh, movies in general or superhero related movies. One of the problems that I think you run into is the first movie in a series is usually an origin film. And it's it's one of those situations where how many origin films can you sit through? And uh, this movie kind of. It's an origin film like you can see that, but it looks super interesting and engaging, which I think is awesome. It kind of reminds me of like the template for the film kind of reminds me like it's like a darker take on a similar situation to uh, Doctor Strange almost. But um, no, I, I think this this looks awesome. I think the. The vampire stuff looks really cool. I love the way that they have Morbius looking. Um, I love to see a monstrous looking vampire every once in a while because I do think those vampires are really iconic and memorable. Like if you think of like Nosferatu, um, like Count Orlock from that movie, super iconic, super memorable to this day. And I think that's because of his monstrous look. And then you can look back on other movies like uh, whether it's 30 Days of Night or whatever else. And I think Morbius is a really memorable design as well. Um, One other thing I was going to say about this trailer there's a trend with trailers that is really annoying to me, and that is every single trailer has to have a classic rock song in the background or or it'll be like some edgy cover of a classic rock song. But let me tell you, in Morbius, when people are strange by the doors started playing, 
I was totally on board with it. I was like, oh, this is perfect. This is awesome. This is epic. Um, I'm pretty sure you had Jim Morrison's original vocals going in the trailer, but then you just had the sort of orchestral score behind it as opposed to the uh, actual instruments from the song. But no, that just felt epic and awesome. And uh, if you remember, that song is in the movie the lost boys so there's also a vampire Mm -hmm. connection with that song too which i thought was pretty cool but yeah what are your thoughts on this i did not place the song but good call um yeah no the uh everything in the trailer looked astounding i loved the way morbius looked i love the play with the bats (laughs) a little bit um Mm -hmm. sorry sorry marvel the playing around with the bats a little bit reminded me a little too batman Ask kind of like, hey, they did. I it. can definitely like, see that. And it, it caught me a couple times. I was like, hmm, is this your guys's <laughs> like chance to play with the bats? Um, but it like just the dark take. Like, he, he, is he a superhero? Is he not a superhero? It's really kind of cool because like, here's the thing: we know Venom is now in the MCU. We're not a hundred percent sure where Morbius lies yet. Um, if it's a Spider Verse that's being brought in, um was that moment at the end of Venom, the link, and now all of it's suddenly a part of the MCU. Uh, Because we know that we have Blade coming. So if we have the Morbius movie and we have a Blade movie coming, the fact that, you know, we need Blade to hunt down the living vampire. So there was some stuff about that that really got my attention. And I'm like, I wonder if we're going to actually go that far with this. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, like ultimately... It just looked fantastic. Um, I can't wait for it. Um, and it makes me more and more excited for it now because we got to see legit uh, more pieces of it. Um, Michael Keaton. Yes. In the trailer, like he is really like Michael Keaton shaping up to be like the evil Nick Fury, if you will. He's <laughs> making appearances in like that's everybody's funny. movie. Um, and I was like, wow, that's awesome. So in terms of like the MCU, he's becoming that like hey, we need to get together and put put a team together. And it yeah. makes me <laughs> the Sinister Six initiative or something like that. Yeah, like where like I always felt like Green Goblin was the main bad guy when it came to the Marvel comics or the Spider-Man comics. It makes me wonder if they're going to f- kind of do a little work around and it's going to end up being the Vulture is going to be like your ultimate big bad. Um, yeah. Kinda, you want to watch Homecoming again just to watch Michael Keaton's stuff, knowing we're going into this era where Michael Keaton's going to be popping his head up here and there. So. Absolutely. I did think that moment where he showed up in the trailer, it almost felt like a post credit scene that they spoiled or something. But I don't know. I don't know when that moment happens in in the movie. But that's just the feel it had. I was like, I almost feel like I watched a post credit scene right there but i do love the mcu internet interconnectivity as well as um you know there's a joke related to venom in this trailer as well and i won't spoil the joke but it was one of my favorite moments and that's just more of this sort of sony spider-verse interconnectivity as well and i just think overall it was just all awesome like i was really satisfied with this trailer overall yeah same all right, let's talk about uh, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Initial thoughts. What do you think of the Book of Boba Fett trailer? It's a short one. I, it's not. I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, this trailer was awesome as well. Um, this is one where I want to say this trailer kind of broke the Internet. Like when it dropped, 
everywhere I went, people were talking about it. And it was one of those things where the hype was so big. I actually didn't watch it right away because it's I don't know. I have to be contrarian. And when everybody's going crazy about something, I'm like, well, is it really that good? You know, but then I made sure to watch it before the show. And no, this 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 show looks just awesome. And it's honestly exactly what I'm wanting out of the Book of Boba Fett series. This looks like a cool um, series that's going to focus on the seedy underbelly of, uh, you know, just the crime on Tatooine. And uh, there's like organized crime elements as well as just really cool action elements and just I don't know. It seems like it's going to be a really cool series. It seems like there's going to be a lot of people scheming for power and stuff, which is a, always a really fun dynamic, um, as well as just the action, the special effects, the, uh, you know, the different aliens and stuff. It just all looks really great. So I'm pretty pumped for this series as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the aliens, I'm so thankful we're finally seeing aliens that we recognize. Absolutely. Um, no offense to the sequel trilogy, but they barely used any of the original. And I'm not talking just original aliens from like the original trilogy. They didn't use any original aliens from the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, like anything. It was kind of like it was all new stuff. And you're like, it's a vast galaxy. I get that. So there's nothing wrong with seeing new aliens. But where's some of the familiarity? Um mm-hmm. So it was nice to see like the Trandoshan Council and stuff like that and seeing some aliens that we recognized. And I was like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Um, some of the lines of dialogue caught me and I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Um, ultimately, it looks great in the realm of like Star Wars TV and Mandalorian and that kind of stuff. It just looks great. The thing that really caught my attention and you know that when you have guys like Filoni and Favreau behind this, seeing that Bomar monk at the very beginning of the trailer – that was fantastic. Um, the first thing you see is a Bomar monk. And if you're a Star Wars person and you go, oh, hey, it's that spider thing from Return of the Jedi. Yes, that's what that is. But it's something more. And will <laughs> we get to know more? I don't know. I don't know if that'll be like uh, they just wanted to put it on screen because why not? You know, um, there might be more to that character. We might actually get some more insight into it from as far as viewers uh, for on screen um uh, content as opposed to just having it walk by a screen. I have no idea, but it was just so nice to see that again. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So December 29th on that one. Um, awesome. Um, I will say, don't forget that. Uh, so it's November 3rd, the date of this recording. Don't forget that we're real close to Disney plus day. Um, and they're going to be dropping tons of content on Disney Plus Day. So um, including uh, Shang-Chi will be available for everyone to watch on uh, Disney Plus. And uh, I know there's a Star Wars documentary coming. I know there's a Marvel documentary coming. This I, I don't entirely know what all's dropping. but Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, did they really have to drop every show? Like, not even just Disney, just Netflix and every other streaming service. Like, did they really have to drop everything in no- November or December of this year? <laughs> Like, I feel like there's some some months over the summer where there weren't any new shows coming out and I was kind of itching for something. But nope, everything's saved for the holidays, which is really exciting. But it's also going to be a lot to watch between Star Wars, uh, you know, Hawkeye, uh, The Witcher, like all these different series coming out. It's yeah, it's it's just very daunting, but very exciting, too. But hey, that's why we have a podcast and we can spend all the time we want talking about it. (laughs) <laughs> um, 
Well, hey, man, that's it as far as watching stuff for me. I wish I had more, but I've been busy. So uh, do you want to hop in the news? Yeah. All right. Sure, cool. Let's go for it. All right. So since um, last week, real quickly, last week, I thought this was really kind of smart. Um, we talked about uh, Elon Musk's uh, fortune, right? Yeah. About how he's the officially the richest guy in recorded history. And then they said that two percent of his wealth could help cure um, could solve world hunger. Yeah. All right. So after a U.N. official said two percent of Elon Musk's wealth could help serve 42 million starving people, Elon Musk took to Twitter and said he would give them the money if the U.N.'s World Food Program could describe exactly how six billion dollars would solve world hunger. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I think that is a phenomenal response um, only because. At what point does the money get lost in like translation and doesn't go to what they said it was going to go to? <laughs> no, absolutely. And that's, I think, his point, And it's awesome that uh, he just has that level of FU money where he can literally <laughs> call out the U.N. And I thought that was amazing as well. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know too much. To say. Yeah. And I don't I don't know too much to say on this one because it does veer out of uh, the realm of things we talk about on the podcast. But no, it's. It's super entertaining and it was an awesome response. And uh, I feel like the UN's been kind of silent since he said that. So come on, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So the other week, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the casting for the Super Mario Brothers animated film. Do you remember this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The uh, interesting but weird casting in some cases. But yeah, yeah. Uh, and, what were you saying? The big questioning Chris Pratt is going to be Mario and everyone's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Chris Pratt defends himself saying you guys haven't heard the voice yet. And that is true. Um, <laughs> so but Chris Pratt is uh, making himself a uh, uh, name for himself here. Um, because Chris Pratt is also going to be voicing Garfield in a new animated feature film. And that's the thing is uh, I heard about this as well. And I think Chris Pratt, even his like typical voice, you can picture that going with Garfield a lot better than Mario. But I actually didn't know that Chris Pratt said about uh, his Mario voice, like you guys haven't heard the voice yet. And that's pretty interesting because you know, if you look at an actor like Vin Diesel, would you ever have thought that he would have done as good of a job? It's kind of it sounds kind of silly, but he did a great job playing Groot. But then even if you look back at like the Iron Giant, like he did an amazing job in that movie that you wouldn't necessarily expect. So, no, Chris Pratt has a point like we have not heard his Mario voice yet. So we might be pleasantly surprised by this one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know you're going to go. Vin Diesel did a great job as Groot. Well, a lot of different emotional ways you can say I am yes. Groot and you have to do it. And they have to record him saying it as many way different ways as humanly possible so they can manipulate it when they do the scenes and figure out which one works best. It's just how it goes. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think such a simple job. I just think voice acting is a lot harder than people realize. It's a lot harder than I think I even realize. But yes, he only said one line throughout the whole movie. But yeah, you're right. You have to portray a whole spectrum of emotions with three words. And uh, yeah, that's not as easy as it sounds. So, yeah. 
Well, Seth Rogen was part of the Super Mario Brothers cast uh, voicing Donkey Kong. Yeah, that one's kind of weird, too. (laughs) Side characters. And uh, Donkey Kong is officially getting its spinoff side movie for uh, an animated project. So we're going to be getting a standalone Donkey Kong movie. It sounds like Nintendo is going to be making an animated Nintendoverse, if you will. Um, I'm on board. Like, I I hope they keep doing this. Um, I still think some of the voice acting is questionable, but I've been wanting to see these Nintendo games as, uh, you know, animated movies for years, I feel. So this is all really exciting, in my opinion. I agree. And I'm going to throw this out there and I'm probably so off the mark. But mark my words, it is November 3rd of 2021, episode 170 of the Top 5 Report podcast. We have a Super Mario Brothers movie coming. We have a Donkey Kong standalone movie coming. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we have a Legend of Zelda animated movie shortly yes. following. But what if the whole plan is to do a Nintendo verse building to the ultimate crossover Smash Brothers event? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be uh, that's like the next endgame level movie to look forward to. That is great. <laughs> so everyone make note of this. And when they announce the Smash Brothers movie, I'm going to come back and say on this date and this time, this episode, I called it. (laughs) And um, my prediction is that for the Legend of Zelda movie, Link will be played by Adam Sandler. (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) I was just trying to think of somebody you'd never pick, you know, like bizarre, like weird. Yeah, I got you. Um. All right, let's talk about some nerd stuff, like or some uh, comic book level nerd. Finally, stuff. okay, yeah. yeah finally. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right. So first off, uh, Kevin Feige has a statement about No Way Home that got released, and I thought it was a really interesting statement. And the internet has been going ape shit about this movie for a long time. Predictions about Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone and Kirsten Dunst coming back and playing their roles because we got Alfred Molina back and like what's going on with the spider verse and like these, you know, breaking the multiverse and all that stuff and the way it's expanding. And Kevin Feige um, had this quote to say, and I think it's, there's a lot to unpack here, but I think it's pretty blanket statement. He said, and I, and I'm quoting here, rumors are fun because many of them are true and many of them are not true. The danger is when you get into the expectations game of wanting people of of wanting people to be excited about the movie they get and not disappointed about the movie they don't get. Um I think that's a really interesting statement for him to make only because with all the speculation around this movie, how many people are going to walk out of it going, "Wow, that was bullshit." Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like based on just the trailer alone, I'm excited. I think it looks awesome. Uh, it looks and I and I'm really excited for the Doctor Strange element of it. I think it looks great, better, in my opinion, to the other two. Um, however, um, I hear what he's saying. If we don't have multiple Spider-Mans, I'm, I'm kind of going to be OK with it because we're still ripping the you know fabric of space around us. And we don't know what's going to happen with the spell that gets cast and all that stuff. So, um I think people need to go into it with Marvel expectations and leave it at that. Marvel makes good movies. You're going in to see a Marvel movie. Expect the Marvel movie. Don't expect anything more. 
<laughs> you know, um, and the reason I the reason I word it that way is I can I'm going to compare this to Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. And I know that's a sore spot for some people, but I went into the Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull with Indiana Jones expectations. Well, we need a guy with his hat and a whip and his you know cool leather jacket, and he's got to go find some thing, and there's going to be some bad guys along the way, and there needs to be a, a weird creature like the like that's going to get in the way, and there needs to be you know a cool car chase, and there needs to be some fist fighting, and you know there's elements that make an Indiana Jones movie an Indiana Jones movie. Whether you like the alien aspect of that film or not, you still got an, an Indiana Jones movie. So going into Spider-Man Far From No Way Home, I think we need to go in expecting a Marvel film and know you're going to get a Marvel film. Yeah. So I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I kind of like read that and I was like, wow, I need to we need to discuss this quote because I think people need to curb some expectations before they go see this movie. So, no, I, I think your assessment of that quote is really well said. Um, and I just I also just think it's that's just a really good quote in general. Um, it's kind of cool that uh, you brought up Kingdom of the Crystal, Crystal Skull because I was kind of thinking along the same lines. And uh, when you look at movie franchises, whether it's uh, Indiana Jones or, um, you know, really any other like big famous franchise, when there's a long awaited sequel or reboot of the movie, a lot of times when people don't like it, it's more so to do with their expectations than the actual movie. You know, people were expecting a certain thing and they didn't get it as opposed to watching the movie for what it is and um, judging it by its own merits. And I mean, I even think I know it's really divisive um, and this is a bigger conversation, but I even think people kind of had that problem with the last season of Game of Thrones and stuff. And I just think I just think overall it's a good quote because it's just don't let your expectations and rumors and fan theories ruin the movie you're going to see if that makes sense so yeah yeah agreed um all right so on the marvel front um marvel producer says that the eternal sequel the eternals sequel is not a must-have um, it's not something that is a must have. Obviously, we have ideas of where we could go, but there isn't a hard and fast rule where we have to have three of these things. And this is the first. What I like about that quote is normally when you do a franchise, when you work within a franchise, you kind of contract <coughs> the possibility of three films. There's no guarantee you're going to get three, but a lot of times you have to plan for the possibility of three. So like Robert Pattinson probably signed on for three Batman films. Um these Eternal actors probably signed on for a minimum of three Eternals movies. But what if we haven't seen the big picture yet and we're looking at the solo Eternals film and then these characters are going to pop up and crossovers here and there. And that's where their contracts lie. Um, not getting I know since I haven't seen Eternals yet. Um, by the way, next by next week, I will have seen Eternals because I have my ticket. So um, I'm just <laughs> saying um without seeing the movie, there's a chance that they don't need to do a sequel for it. And it literally was a stepping stone for us to move the puzzle in the big aspect of what Marvel's coming. So, um, I just thought that was an interesting piece to bring out. So, yeah, yeah, it is interesting. Um, and it's, 
I think it's most interesting because you, like you said, you don't really hear it about a lot of Marvel movies. Um, while you were talking, I was kind of racking my brain. Is there any MCU movies that don't have a sequel or won't have a, or, you know, don't have a sequel in the works? <laughs> like, I feel like every other one is part of a multi-part story or series, yeah. if that makes sense. I was gonna, I was gonna say Doctor Strange and Black Panther are the two the solos right now, but they both have sequels that are forthcoming. Yeah. Um, and it would be interesting if Eternals and, and is like this, the one movie that fills that spot, you know. And I'd say the same. And then you have the same thing with um, you have the same thing with Captain Marvel. Um, there's a sequel coming. But the one I'm going to point out is the Hulk. Um, oh, you're right. You're right. We have, I forget. We have the Hulk film with Eric Bana, which was a standalone film, but that was before the MCU was a thing. If you watch the Hulk film and then watch The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton, they acknowledge the existence of the other film in the opening credits, but they still do their own thing. So it's not really a part of it. So essentially in the MCU, in the boundaries of what's considered the MCU, there is one Hulk film, period. Yes. So. So, yeah, there's your answer. Um, There you go. (laughs) Yep. Um, All right. Let's jump across the pond and talk about D.C., we have a Green Lantern television series update. Okay. Uh, Green Lantern series is going to be a darker tone than initially expected. According to sources, the Green Lantern series on HBO Max may be a bit darker than first imagined. It will apparently be akin to the Watchmen event. Um, this has me kind of curious because they are saying it could be as dark as the Watchmen. Um, I think that's really cool. Um one of the things that makes me wonder is the Green Lantern, you get into the Black Lanterns with like, oh, uh, you're right. you know, with the Black Hand or the Red Lanterns with uh, um, the rage emotion and stuff. So there could be some cool stuff there. Um, I don't know how dark, deep they're going to go into the lore right off the bat because they have to they're really going to have to. Um, are they going to world build again and start from scratch or are they going to acknowledge the Ryan Reynolds film and go from there because that Ryan Reynolds film, whether you like the movie or not, they did a lot of world building in the first half. So, um, yeah, but I'm, um, but I'm down DC tends to be darker anyway, and that's the tone <laughs> and whether you like the DC to dark tone or not, I, I enjoy it. And that's kind of the end of it. You know what I mean? Like I have no problem with DC being the darker tone. I really don't. Um, I'm not trying to get it to be not for kids because they should still make these things so kids can see them because comic books are for kids. But um, I do think that, you know, there's nothing wrong with the darker tone as far as the movies go. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I I enjoy the darker tone as well. I know some fans don't, but um, I do think you bring up some good points about uh, the Red Lanterns and the Black Lanterns and stuff and that elements like that in green lantern do lend towards a darker tone. Um, because when you think about the, the property in general, you might not expect a darker show, but it's also making me wonder, is this show going to be connected to Titans, for example, or uh, doom patrol? Both shows have Titans definitely has a darker tone and doom patrol has a 
somewhat dark, somewhat just really bizarre tone to it. And uh, maybe it'd be cool if all these shows were connected. So maybe that's why, you know, Green Lantern is kind of falling tonally in a similar place as those shows. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see, I guess, though. Yeah. Um, All right. (laughs) Remember the New Gods film that we were supposed to get? <laughs> Vaguely, it's been a while since we've uh, even discussed this. It's been to a be long honest. time since we've discussed this. So the New Gods film got canceled. I don't remember if we ever. I don't remember talking about the cancellation of New Gods, but we could have. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. But Ava DuVernay was supposed to direct New Gods film, and it got canceled. She is directly blaming or hinting at the fact that she's directly blaming the Snyder cut for the New Gods cancellation. Um, <clears throat> And I'm going to word it this way, and I honestly don't know if the Snyder Cut's to blame. I'm going to read the quote, and I'm going to tell you my thoughts, and then I'd love to hear what you got to say. Um, Ava DuVernay said, I love New Gods, which is the project that got axed. The studio decided that they did not want to pursue a certain part of the comic world based on some things that were going on with another film in that world. All right, so the only, right. thing, we have, so the only thing we have related here is the Snyder Cut. <laughs> So yeah. Snyder Cut has Darkseid, Granny Goodness, Desaad, um, Steppenwolf. You see the Parademons. You literally see the New Gods. You have the um, you you literally have like everything going on there. It's literally set up for you. Zack Snyder did the world building. Zack Snyder did the world building before Joss Whedon ruined it and released that version <laughs> of the <laughs> right. Uh, so between. The, the Whedon cut of Justice League and the New Gods announcement, they started working on the Snyder cut and getting that out the door. I think what yes. happened was, is you have someone like Ann Sarnoff who said, yeah, I still don't want to support the Snyderverse at all. I don't want him to win. So we're going to ax this movie because, you know, we don't you know what I mean? Like, I really feel like this is a studio thing, not liking the Snyder cut or not liking the fact that they were wrong and had to admit it. Um, so. Ava DuVernay's, you know, blaming the Snyder Cut, where I think she should be blaming studio heads that don't get it. <laughs> um, that's my personal opinion. I don't know what you think, but that's what I think. So, yeah, that's um, that's really interesting. Uh, when I heard the story, I didn't know if it was something where they were going to have this new gods film and it was going to be independent of the Snyder Cut. Like this is was going to be a separate take, and then the Snyder Cut comes out. And it's so popular that they were just like, well, if we do another film featuring these same characters who appeared in the Snyder Cut, um, things are just going to get way too confusing and stuff like that. And that's why they axed the project. But with that being said, the thing is, DC has had no problem having multiple versions of Batman, multiple versions of the Joker. (laughs) Like they don't seem to have a problem putting out multiple versions of different things. So I really don't know what to think of the whole situation. You might be right. Um, Hearing the story, it's not what my initial reaction was, but you might be right. I'm really not sure about this one. Yeah, and I don't know either, but I mean, I'd like to see a new Gods film because I like personally, I'd love to see Orion, uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Miracle, uh, Big Barda. I want to yeah, see absolutely on the screen, but Snyder, he did world building. So whether mm-hmm. and everyone refers to this as the Snyderverse, whether Ann Sarnoff wants it or not. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I really don't know, but whatever. She needs to not be a part of Warner Brothers anymore. Um <laughs> 
and I know you're listening. Um, at any rate, um, <laughs> let's jump over to I have a science story. I have one more quick one and then a science story, which made me laugh. So, OK, um, I'm a huge fan of the original Boondock Saints film. Right. There is a sequel that um, most people did not like, but I like for what they were trying to do. And I enjoyed it overall. Um, uh, so, yeah. Um, I liked the second one. Boondock Saints <laughs> 3 is officially in development, um, and the original two characters, Norman Reedus and Sean Patrick Flannery, will return. And That's Troy cool. Duffy, the creator of the franchise, will also turn to direct. So, um, yeah, I look forward to Boondock Saints, man. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see, you know, Norman Reedus, now that he has his Walking Dead fame it's cool to see him come back to uh, boondock saints um not that i i mean i don't think he's really doing anything else besides like his upcoming walking dead spinoff and stuff but you know what i mean he's a household name now and it's cool to see him come back to this franchise um i honestly never saw boondock saints 2 and i think it might be because i heard the divisive rumors about it but i guess i'll have to watch it if they're doing a third one uh the first movie is obviously a classic like i love that film so right. yeah all right. Final story of the night. Um, Peter, this story exists. It's a science story, but it caught my attention because it made me think about horror movies and things we may have seen in horror movies and physics of body parts. OK. OK. Um, <laughs> so when I say think of a strong part, what, what do you think is a strong part of the human body? Like what's a part of the human body that you find to be a strong part? Uh, your tongue. Sure. OK. Tongue. I <laughs> I mean, the tongue is apparently. Don't they say strong. it's the strongest muscle in the strongest body? muscle in the body? Yes, but <laughs> you know, a lot of times people will say arms, legs, hands, that kind of thing. Right, uh, right. Have you ever considered your eyeball to be strong? I I don't think about it a lot, but I do think I think eyeballs are a lot more durable than you realize. Um, Strength-wise, I don't really know. I've never really thought of thought about that. So apparently, eyeballs <laughs> bounce if you drop them downstairs. <laughs> Um, Interesting. <laughs> in fact, a pair of researchers at the Institute of the Human Anatomy, uh, uh, the Institute of the Human Anatomy, gave an eyeball a drop, um, a new meaning by literally dropping an eye to see what happens. Will it bounce or will it lead to a gory splatter? The answer, surprisingly, in a YouTube clip, um, who break down the anatomy of the eyeball prior to the experiment on which uh, cow's eye and the name of science, blah, blah, blah. Ultimately, they dropped the eyeball down the stairs and it bounced. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, great, which is proving that it's uh, strong, right? Right. What yeah. I like about this is if you ever see an eyeball bounce, like if there's a horror, if there's like a horror movie or a gory scene in a movie oh, or yeah. something and the eyeball bounces, don't think to yourself, ah, eh, bullshit, that wouldn't happen. Apparently, eyeballs can bounce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's some real like evil dad sort of uh, antics you can get into and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, no, it, it is true. Like I've always I think people always have this vision in their head that your eye is like this thin layer of skin with like this weird like liquid gelatin <laughs> inside of it. And if you get one tiny cut, it'll just deflate and you'll be, you know, you'll be out an eye for the rest of your life. But no, I think if that was the case, there'd be a ton of people with missing eyes. And I really think they're more durable than anybody probably realizes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just thought that was funny, but I had to bring it up it too. It was too good to not pass up. 
as far as absolutely, uh, absolutely. No, and it's a good thing to keep in mind if uh, you know if <laughs> ever you're writing a short story or something. <laughs> no, I, I think of things like if you're coming up with a story and you're like, okay, this guy loses an eye, then what happens? I guess it bounces, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, uh, you want to talk about the list tonight? Yeah, let's go for it. Sweet. All right. Well, in that case, uh, Ryan is the list. So do me a favor and roll the thing. And now for the top five. All right, Peter, uh, yes. this was your list. So why don't you tell us what we are doing and why? Remind our listeners if they missed last week. Yeah, so it was pretty random, but last week we did our top five favorite Western movies. And uh, in response to that, I think it would just be I thought it would just be fun to do our top five favorite martial arts movies. Um, You could also say like kung fu films if you want, but I think martial arts is more all encompassing and probably more accurate in general. And uh, this is a weird genre. I don't think it's as weird as Westerns, because I think most of the movies I looked up. Uh, that fit within this genre do seem to make a lot more sense as opposed to Westerns. There was a lot of random things that I didn't expect, but um, my list when it comes down to it, my list is definitely a personal list and it's definitely probably about as weird as my Western one, because I do have some off the wall picks and stuff like that. But uh, overall, I just think this is going to be a really fun topic to talk about. So, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to preface right now that, when you said martial arts, I was kind of like really focused on the idea of like Japanese martial arts. Right. OK. Or uh, Eastern martial art films, that kind of stuff. I, I pretty much focused on that as well. I know. Well, yeah, you can get into fencing and stuff. But, yeah, I focused more. Oh, on I wasn't. I wasn't talking fencing. But when I got to even just forget Google searching, but looking at my own film collection and I got to um, The Matrix, I realized that um I, I really batted around an idea. I was like, do I count the matrix or not? So the matrix ended up making a short list just because of the situation, but I did not, it did not make the cut tonight. So I'm kind of on the same page. I definitely thought about the matrix, but um, I didn't include it on my list for similar reasons, but it is, if you wanted to include it, like I think it can count, but uh, sure. I tried, I tried to focus on movies where martial arts was definitely like a, very central focal point, which I feel like it is in the matrix, but maybe not as central as some of the other elements and, uh, you know, plot points and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, cool. Uh, do you have any honorable mentions? Um, yes, I have two honorable mentions. Um, my first honorable mention, um, is not, this is one of those things I don't necessarily, it, I couldn't not talk about this it's like literally one part of the movie ultimately i don't count this as a martial arts film that's why it makes an honorable mention um it's the movie equilibrium oh Uh, right okay good call now now, equilibrium essentially is a social commentary about government control and that kind of stuff um the the martial arts part of the movie is um if you know your martial arts is a thing called a kata which is a special it's it's designed for it's about movement and, you know, it's teaching it's it's karate, but it's also like a meditative kind of a movement and stuff and, you know, get your body working and stuff. Um, and there's a spiritual aspect to it, too, which I'm not really 
enough well versed in martial arts to understand like the true purpose of the kata but um they do a lot of it in karate kid and they talk about it there as well so um and uh you know cobra kai and stuff but equilibrium has a thing called a gun kata and i remember when i got i was recommended to watch the movie equilibrium they said if you've always wanted if you've never seen martial arts until you've seen martial arts with guns and i was like i don't know (laughs) what that means and then i watched the movie and holy crap Um, it's like using the gun, it's like replacing, like imagine doing martial arts with swords and stuff, but you replace the swords with guns and then allow the person. And it's literally like the thrust of the hand with the bullet, with the gunshot and everything, the way the movements, the way that all plays out, it's fantastic. Um, it's really, really cool physical stuff in there. Um, the movie's not as action packed as I'm making it sound but when they do get to the action packed scenes, those gun katas are ridiculous. Um, so yeah, that's why I had to bring up equilibrium. So yeah, absolutely. This movie's awesome. I didn't even think about equilibrium on my list, but this is definitely a good call. I don't know if the martial arts in this movie are real. Like there's a lot of movies with, um, sort of like fictional or fantasy martial art, you know, yeah, yeah, concepts. And I wasn't sure. I'm not sure if it's actually like a real form of martial arts that the gun katas are based off of in this movie. But uh, I definitely think it's a good call and a great movie to bring up. Um, and for anybody listening, like you probably kind of got this idea from Drew. But if you want something that's like akin to The Giver or some sort of similar dystopian story meets like The Matrix, check out Equilibrium. Like, I think this is a really underrated uh movie in a lot of ways you know yeah i i definitely agree that it's an underrated uh movie um but i think it's a golden gem um i do remember reading that uh christian bale got the role of batman in the dark knight trilogy because of his performances in american psycho and equilibrium <laughs> okay. Like those the two, American Psycho aspect cracks me up, but I can see it a little right, bit. But those two movies kind of sealed the deal for him to get the role. So, absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I guess I, but, yeah, I have two honorable mentions as well, so I can get into mine. And uh, right. my first pick is maybe kind of ridiculous, but I really had to do it. I couldn't help it, but I went with the original, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> And it definitely counts like this is a movie that focuses on martial arts. But, yes, this is also a crazy comic book adaptation kids movie. But this is one of those movies I've grown up with it. I've watched it so many times. Um, they used actual martial artists and stuff for the stuntmen, whether it be the actors who played foot soldiers or the Ninja Turtles themselves. Um, and this is one of those movies that's kind of. My fascination, like I've never practiced martial arts, but I've always had a fascination and respect for it. And I think, you know, that does stem from stuff like this, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like stuff that I grew up with that kind of instilled that sort of respect for martial arts in me. And um, not to mention, like, this is one of my favorite comic book series ever, like especially those very original, like Eastman and Laird, uh, black and white Ninja Turtles comics. Those are some of my favorite comic books that have ever been made. So I just had to mention this one. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I I didn't even think about Ninja Turtles when I was doing my list. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel bad that I didn't. But I just I was like I said, I was kind of a little more focused on the. Uh, um, 
on the Japanese side of things, like the actual martial arts side of things. Yeah, and like maybe more realistic depictions yeah, and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah, so, and I haven't, I actually haven't seen that original Ninja Turtles movie in a very long time. Um, yeah, <laughs> every couple every couple of years I'll like marathon through them, but I haven't in a bit either. <laughs> still, uh, does it still hold up? Oh, I, I I love even like Ninja Turtles three, which which is objectively terrible. I love, so I'm the, I'm the wrong person to ask <laughs> to be oh. honest. <laughs> well, all right, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so my next pick for the night is um, Shaolin Soccer. Um, I've never seen this, but it looked really cool. <laughs> all right. So this movie is essentially a sports film. So the idea of the film is you have a martial artist. Um, he's, you know, one of your like he's a fighter tournament contender kind of thing. And there's a scene in the movie where a soccer coach who's had like a bad run of luck in terms of its teams sees him kick a soccer ball and thinks to himself, I'm building my soccer teams wrong. And goes and seeks out a whole bunch of like martial arts experts to build a soccer team around. Um, okay. And the movie essentially is a comedy. It's not there's not fighting in it or anything like that. This is the thing where imagine like some of the most crazy, insane martial arts stuff you've seen people do. And now imagine them do it with a soccer ball and watch it unfold. Like it starts out with just some amazing kicks and moves and that kind of stuff. And there's some and it gets a little like superhero power E kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. Because the guy's got like this crazy kick that's just ridiculous. But um, and they just have some really cool sequences, like in terms of like martial arts stuff. And then it gets a little like far fetched when like, you know, the, the the magical part of it happens when you know the the player kicks the ball and it turns into a ball of fire and then turns into a fire tiger and then attacks the goalie and then scores a point. But, <laughs> yeah, like crazy, just anime level like stuff. Yeah. But yeah, but ultimately it's a it's a comedy and then uh, it it's just martial arts on a soccer field. But some of the stuff they do, it's just amazing to watch. And, you know, it's just it's the level of ball handling and then throw in all the cool martial arts tricks and stuff. So uh, that's it's an it's an honorable mention because ultimately it's a martial arts film, but it's also not really about like the fighting and stuff, which I think you were focusing on when you picked the list. So, yeah, I, I was. But I definitely think that um, from your description, it sounds like this movie would definitely count. Um, and it sounds super entertaining. I kind of want to check it out. Uh, the sort of the plot sounds a little bit almost like the replacements to me, which is kind of interesting um, for those of us who have yeah, seen sure. that movie. But um, yeah, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, what's your uh, what's your next honorable mention? Yeah, my next honorable mention is another ridiculous movie from my childhood, but uh, I just had to pick it. Plus, it's an honorable mention, so it's kind of a freebie. But I went with uh, Mortal Kombat, that original, original movie from the mid 90s. I can't remember what year, but uh, this movie is just a blast. Um, I loved it growing up. It's just I don't know what to say. This is one of those movies that, yes, it's cheesy. Yes, it's corny. But when it comes to being a martial arts film, especially one that came out while I was growing up, that kids my age were just going to fall in love with. This movie's great. And it focuses probably more so on the fighting than I'm going to say any other video game adaptation movie like there are so many fight scenes in Mortal Kombat and it almost feels like every five minutes there's 
two more characters duking it out. And I think a lot of the fight scenes are pretty creative and uh, just really fun. So, yeah, that's probably all I have to say about this movie. But it's just a fun film. And I just wanted to make it an honorable an honorable mention. You know what I mean? Yeah. And surprisingly, um, to say, you know, I know we have that new Mortal Kombat movie and some of the costumes and stuff looked great and some of the special effects looked great. But that original film, I feel like <laughs> it's a better movie altogether. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of I agree really with do. You there. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I got a, a good call on the original Mortal Kombat. And I thought heavily about that when I was doing. Um, uh I thought real heavily about that when I was uh, when scrolling through and I was like, oh, wait, Mortal Kombat. I got to think this through. So, yeah. But yeah. All right. Um, my go. Yeah. First actual pick of the night is a movie called Iron Monkey. Um, oh, yeah. We matched for this one. <laughs> we matched for this one. Nice. Yes. <laughs> Iron Monkey is I mean, it's basically a uh, plot synopsis. A martial artist, doctor, martial artist slash doctor steals from the corrupt authorities as a masked thief to give to the poor. Well, another martial artist last doctor is a force to hunt him down. Mm-hmm. Um, it's I feel like it's a weird, like almost got a, like a Batman feel to it, I guess you could say, or a masked vigilante feel to it. Um, yeah. Or, or Robin Hood, say. definitely. Yeah. But, the, uh, but the idea, some of the, the set work in this is ridiculous. <sighs> the some of the yeah, they got some wire work stuff they do. But some of the fight scenes and like the way it's put together is just amazing. And Absolutely. then. Uh, and it does come off the heels of like the crouching tiger, hidden dragon craze that hit. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I really, really enjoyed Iron Monkey. It was kind of a, I feel like it was a golden gem that uh, I think surprised everybody. So, yeah, this movie is really fun. Like what you just described, that sort of masked vigilante Robin Hood aspect. Like the plot is just a really fun concept, but then you take it into the fighting, which is super intricate. Like it's just what you would want from a uh, Kung Fu film. Like it, it has just really inter- intricate, entertaining fight scenes. But the thing is, there's also like a humor element to this film with uh, not only the dialogue, but some, <laughs> some of the fight scenes, there's just some really funny and it's, it's hard to describe or do justice to without somebody watching the film, but you'll be watching this really intricate, awesome fight scene between two characters and then one of them will pull out a move and sometimes it's the wire work stuff where it's just so obviously couldn't happen in real life but then you just find yourself cracking up and then um besides just the fight scenes and the dialogue being hilarious uh i've only seen the the dubbed version of this movie and uh the voice acting for the dubbed version is just really hilarious as well like it has that sort of exaggerated sort of old school kung fu movie um flair to it that's just super entertaining to listen to so yeah this this movie's great um drew i think you showed me this film but i always appreciated it like i always thought it was a really funny and just really good film yeah right on um yeah, I guess that throws it back to me, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So my next pick is a Jet Li movie uh, called Romeo Must Die. OK, awesome. Have you ever seen this? Yeah, yeah I've seen it. OK, um, this kind of surprised me. This is uh, 
um, Jet Li, um, Aaliyah. She's the other. She's like the love interest. Uh, Anthony Anderson was in this movie back in the day. Um, essentially, this is Romeo and Juliet in kind of a weird um, ethnic setting, I guess you could say. Um, you have like it's it's literally like a land battle between uh, these. Uh, I want to say these Chinese. It's like a Chinese like I don't want to say like gang lord or something like that, but. It's like you have this guy trying to build a football stadium for the NFL and he's being like land blocked. And his daughter is kind of like falling in love with Jet Li, who's, you know, from the, you know, Chinese side of things. And there's um, and you basically have it, it becomes this like crazy, like battle over land and stuff. But it's like the fight scenes in it are awesome. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's, there's some really great piece to it. The movie's really funny. Um and it's really like it shows it take it takes people like someone like Jet Li and you see like the master at his craft and you get to really like watch some of the stuff go down. Um, it's one of those things where you get to watch someone do all their own stunts and really put it together. And it's just a really really good movie. And forget the martial arts aside, the movie's really good. Like it's a good mm-hmm. story. It's a good. It's like good special effects. It's good fight scenes. It's good set work. It's good cinematography. It's like there's some really really cool stuff in the movie. Um, so I think everybody should watch that, but yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I think it's definitely a good pick, um, for all the reasons you said it's something about, um, something about the fact that it is like a Romeo and Juliet adaptation. Like, I don't know what it is, but the template for the story of Romeo and Juliet just seems to always work. And I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it's just a universal, just like really good story that, uh, it's kind of cool to see it translated into like an urban, um, sort of like martial arts sort of film is really interesting. And, uh, yeah, the fight scenes are really cool in the movie. Like there's some big bombastic ones, but there's also some really like sort of quiet fight scene moments. Like, uh, one of my favorite parts is, uh, there's this part where Jet Li, um, I can't remember if he's going into a building or out of it, but he has to like battle a bunch of dudes and he there's like these stair railings and like fences and stuff and he, he uses a bunch of zip ties to basically tie all of his opponents to like various options so he's able to get by and it's just a really cool scene seeing this like really fast intricate fight scene where you're basically seeing the guy zip tie all of his opponents down and it, there's just some really clever moments like that that i really appreciated in this movie as well you know yeah, that's a that's a really that's an early on fight scene. It's a really cool mm-hmm. uh, bit. But yeah, anyway, absolutely. Um, what's your next pick for the night, man? Yeah, so um, it's hard to I'm trying to decide what order I want to do the, this in, but um, I'll go with um, my honorable mentions were both <laughs> kind of movies I, I grew up with that I loved. And I guess I'll go with another one of those. Um, I just had to do it. I picked the uh, Karate Kid the uh, first movie for my list. And this is one of those ones where, yeah, there's a lot of really great, um, serious, like adult, um, martial arts films, but this is one that just personally, like it is something that I grew up with and I really loved. And, uh, it's another thing like the Ninja Turtles, like this is something that really got me more interested in martial arts as a whole. And I think drew, um, when you were talking a bit about, you, you mentioned this a bit earlier. There is a lot of, you know, there, there's some aspects as far as the philosophy and spirituality of martial art or, you know, of karate and stuff in this movie that um, 
I really appreciate as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't, do you have any thoughts on this? I'm kind of losing my train of thought here, but, um, um, no, I, yeah, the karate kid, probably one of the first quote unquote martial arts movies I've ever seen. Absolutely. Um, and we were all, you know, we all like felt karate kid bandwagon. I don't know anyone who didn't, uh, the movie was awesome. The movie, like it, it spoke to a generation It spoke to, you know, well, it spoke to multiple generations, but it really focused on a certain area and it's, you know, it was basically like a high school sport movie, but it's, it wasn't unconventional sport to watch. And we were all in and we all sucked in and it was great. And you're along the ride with Daniel and Mr. Miyagi and everything. And Johnny's the bad guy. And then years later, we watch Cobra Kai and learn that uh, <laughs> it wasn't the way we thought it was. And, <laughs> um, but I love the um, but I absolutely love Cobra Kai. So like going from the original Karate Kid and going jumping out of the new stuff, the story just continues. And uh, we have a new season of that coming. So awesome. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's that's where I'm at with it. Um, yeah. All right. Um, so I guess that goes back to me, right? Yes. All right. So my next one is The Raid Redemption. OK, nice. I've, I've actually never seen the Raid movies. I've heard there. I've heard really good things. I've, I have not seen the second one, but I did see the original. Um, mm-hmm. the, the Raid Redemption. Um, what I loved about this movie, first off, the fight scenes are amazing. They're ridiculous. Um, it's, it's absolutely incredible to watch some of the things these guys did, but it's essentially, it's, it's just a really tight story. It's one of those things where like, all right, I'm going to use Die Hard as a perfect example, because if you haven't seen the raid redemption for me to describe, like I could describe it all I want, but I'm going to use Die Hard real quick. It's a really (laughs) tight story. It takes place over the course of a couple hours. It's not multiple days. It's literally a guy goes into a building. Building is taken over by terrorists. He tries to save everybody and, you know, does his thing on the way out. Right. Raid Redemption is about a SWAT team that goes into a building and uh, the bad guys, terrorists, whatever. It's literally like a fight to survival to, you know, survive through it. And they all get trapped in this building together. Um, So it's literally like a imagine like a martial arts diehard, if you will. Um, But the idea of the story being so tight and concise, they didn't need a lot to it because they know they're going to be spending the majority of the time doing fight scenes. Um, And not that Die Hard does that, but you see my point with the concise um, contained story. Um, Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, no, the Raid Redemption, if you want to talk about just some incredible live stunt action sequences, you got to see this movie. Um, The guys, the main characters from the Raid Redemption actually were in Star Wars Force Awakens because they wanted them for their physicality and being able to do the stunt work like they did. Um, oh, cool. So they played, uh, they were the, not not Kanji Club, uh, the other ones. Because uh, it was when Hans, it was when right. the garbage ship got uh, boarded. Um, I, I know exactly who you're talking about. I just don't know the name I'm of the totally group. drawing a blank on that group because everyone laughs about that line when he says, tell that to Kanji club. It's not Kanji. Yep. The other guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, everyone see the raid redemption just because just specifically because of the physical, just because of the stunt work and physicality of the movie. It's, it's, it's a real tight, awesome run. So that's yeah. awesome. Um, I was going to say, I've also heard, um, 
the uh, newer uh, version of Dread, the uh, Carl Urban Judge Dread movie. I've heard that one. Like the general plot synopsis for that movie is pretty comparable to the Raid as well, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, and it and definitely sounds like it from your description, specifically because of the being trapped in a building thing. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, what do you got, man? Okay, cool. So I feel like my list has been pretty bonkers so far. Um, so why not disappoint? <laughs> exactly. Um, well, I was going to say, I'll probably go, th- go with my, my last sort of controversial one. Um, but I think this counts in certain ways, but I could see people definitely being a purist and saying it doesn't count, but I went with, uh, the kill bill movies, volume one and two. Um, and this is one where sometimes on lists, I'll pick the first one or the second one. I would count them as a whole. And, uh, this, this is, uh, this is a movie or, you know, a pair of movies that really focuses on. Um, I do think martial arts is a huge focus when it comes to the whole like legend and story be- story behind like um, the Hattori Hanzo sword and um, all the fight scenes and sword work in it from like. I mean, the first movie is just filled with like fight scene after fight scene and then how it all culminates with the amazing battle with the crazy 88 at the end. Like it's these movies. I know they're not they're not an import. They're kind of tonally. I think they're somewhere between um, they're somewhere between like a martial arts film and a Western in a lot of ways. But I do think I do think that spiritually this these two movies do fit within a martial arts um, template in a lot of ways. Um, another another part that really gives me like an old school kung fu movie sort of vibe is the whole sequence in Kill Bill volume two with Pai Mei and um, Beatrix training with Pai Mei and how that all uh, culminates to her escaping, um, being buried alive and stuff. And uh, Drew, I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on this one. I do feel like this is kind of a controversial pick. But when it comes to my personal favorite movies that focus on martial arts, like this is definitely within my top five. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I hear you. And this this made my short list because of what I was kind of focused on <laughs> some stuff that I had to bring up. Um, mm-hmm. Kill Bill. I don't want to say it's a controversial pick because I think it's so much more than just a martial arts film. That's why I didn't want to. That's why I didn't. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but the martial arts sequences, whether it's the fight with the crazy 88s or um, it's, you know, the fight with uh, Lucy Liu's character. Oh, <laughs> I feel like I could. Oh, any Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Yeah. Whether it's that fight or it's the uh, or it's training with Pai Mei or, you know, that kind of stuff. There's some great martial arts there. Um, but I've also talked a nausea about how much this is my favorite uh, kill, uh, Tarantino film. Um, I absolutely love the Kill Bill movies. Um, so, you know, you're I, I definitely hear what you're saying. But, yeah, I just I just felt it was so much more than just a martial arts movie to, uh, you know, just by itself. Just be like, OK, I'm going to pick that. So. Yeah, that that definitely makes sense. Yeah. All right. So my second to last pick of the night, um, I'm going to go with a movie called The Brotherhood of the Wolf. Have you ever seen this? I feel like I've seen parts of it. I remember it coming out. I was really interesting, interested in it, but I thought this was like a French film. Is it not? It it is a French film, but it's a martial arts French film. (laughs) Okay, cool. Um, 
this is a movie about um, you have two wandering travelers. Uh, one of them's a French guy. One of them's like a Japanese guy. They're basically you're like Han Solo and Chewbacca, if you will. And okay. they're cruising into this small town that's apparently being like um, uh, ravaged, I guess you could say, by this beast that comes out of the woods. Um, and there's a mystery behind this, like said beast. Um, it's like this crazy, like werewolf monster thing that comes out of the woods and like you know attacks this town. And there's there's like I said, there's a mystery to it. Um, however, this is full martial arts in the same exception of any martial arts film you've ever seen in your entire life. And it is absolutely insane fight sequences. Um, okay. It's, it's a gripping, uh, creature feature kind of horror film on top of a martial arts film on top of a French drama that deals with political intrigue and like conspiracies and stuff like that. Um, it's a really fun movie. Um, I definitely think everyone should check it out. It's a real golden gem in my opinion. Um, and I, I feel like it kind of disappeared and like, I remember seeing it and I told a whole bunch of people to watch it. And then I feel like it kind of disappeared into the ethos of the uh, film library, but brotherhood of the wolf, dude, such a cool movie. Um, yeah, you should check yeah, it out. So, so this is a movie and it's kind of funny that you said it kind of, it's almost gotten forgotten in a lot of ways because I do remember, this movie coming out and it getting some hype and I remember seeing the trailer, but it came out at a, in a point in my life where I just didn't have the access to see this. Like this was an R rated movie. I wasn't old enough to see it in theaters. I wasn't old enough to rent it. And I kind of just went by the wayside for me because I haven't thought about this movie in years <laughs> until you just brought it up. Uh, the description just sounds really cool. And I'm kind of going to see if I can hunt this down on prime or somewhere. Cause I definitely want to watch this movie now, you know? Yeah, um, I will say that um, if you can watch it with the French dub and watch the subtitles, um, it's, mm -hmm. it's probably better. Um, okay. Let me see here. I was going to another thing I was going to bring up is how does this movie compare to The Musketeer? <laughs> Do you remember that movie? <laughs> Yes. Um, Whereas it was like the three musketeers, but they it was almost like a kung fu style fighting the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wait, what? What's okay. Up? Um, Amazon Prime has it. Oh, cool. Is it for free or is it? Um, it looks like it. I mean, I could check that out real quick, but it looks. I just did a Google search. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> we we can do this. <laughs> we don't have to do this right now. But uh, no, we're gonna sounds, do. Sounds right. awesome. Right I now, because everyone who's <laughs> listening is going. Ooh, I gotta go check out this movie, Brotherhood of the Wolf. I literally typed in Brotherhood. Um, it's a rent, but it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. Good and, and they have the English version and the French version. Um, so, yeah, you could watch it either way, but it's a rent. So, okay. but yeah, you should check it out. Um, yeah, good stuff, man. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So what's your second to last pick, man? Yeah. So um, I feel like we might start matching, but I'm not really sure. But uh, my second to last pick is the movie, uh, the Jet Li movie Hero, um, which I feel like did we match for this one or yeah that was the i was saving it to the end so it oh <laughs> you bringing it up makes it match so it's my last pick of the night so go ahead yeah um but yeah this this is a movie that um it's as far as like epic historical context like this movie has an amazing just really interesting story um i don't know 
I, I still go back and forth with how I feel about the end because Jet Li's character more or less um, kind of surrenders to the Empire, if you will, or whatever. Um, and it, it's it, I can see the ending kind of being divisive, but it is a very interesting film. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of just like an immersive slow burn in a lot of ways, but I like this movie. One of the biggest reasons and one of the biggest draws of this movie for me was the fact that all the fight scenes in this movie are so beautiful and gorgeous to watch. And they're really intricate, epic, just action packed fight scenes. But also the setting, like the backgrounds, the uh, environments that the characters are in are really beautiful as well. Um, I remember there's this one scene where there's a bunch of uh, swirling. I can't remember if it's leaves or cherry blossoms or what it is, but there's this really beautiful fight scene with a bunch of swirling. I'm just going to say leaves for the sake of this discussion um, around uh, two characters that are battling. And it's just it's really interesting to see these um, these fight scenes portrayed in such a beautiful um, way with in certain cases, like very soft colors and stuff like that. And this is a movie that cinematography wise, as well as just the color palette and stuff, everything's really thought out. Like every scene, whether it's a action packed scene or a quiet scene, I feel like the way the scene is framed as well as just the colors that are used are really, they really thought out what, emotions um are to be invoked you know by the uh the watcher of the film so i it's it's just a really it's a really good film overall everybody should watch it even if you're not into these kinds of movies i think everybody i think everybody would love it because it's just it's a feast for your eyes like it's just a gorgeous film in general so uh yeah, I don't know, Drew. What are your thoughts about well, you Hero? You keep using the word beautiful and gorgeous and all that stuff. And <laughs> literally, the best way to describe this movie, like it, <laughs> absolutely, it is absolutely gorgeous. Like everything about this movie, like wh- whoever, like the cinematographer in this movie is was incredibly um, uh, smart and in terms of like what he wanted and the the visions he was trying to evoke and you know just the emotion with the artwork like the whole movie felt like i mean film is art and i'll always argue that but this is a piece of movie this is a movie that felt like a masterpiece like the whole movie from beginning to end felt like a work of art um yes. and that from from the visuals of the sets and like um you know the camera work and the imagery and like symbolism and all that stuff but then throw in the fight scenes which even though they're like martial artist fight scenes, they're beautiful to watch. Almost like a almost like a dance, if you will. It's it was just an incredible, yeah. incredible movie. Um, but yeah, I think everyone should watch Hero. It's literally almost about the history of China and the building of the Great yeah. Wall. Like ultimately, that's what it's about. Um, but it's just it's so good. Like ever, it's just fantastic. Just everyone watch Hero. It's great. That and Brotherhood of the Wolf. So anyway, <laughs> um, absolutely. What? What's your final pick of the night? Because I honestly don't know what else to say about Hero. Otherwise, oh, well, well what? It, so. Oh, wait, since. OK, so we match. So it goes back to me. OK, that's yeah, kind of interesting. You so you got final pick because that's where we're at. Oh, OK. So you've already gone through your full list. Well, yeah, because Hero was. Gonna oh, be OK. Pick. So since you awesome. brought it up, it's my match. So I, I gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So uh, my last pick, um, which I was saving this one for last, um, 
I feel like this is a bit of a gimme, but I do really love this movie for a lot of reasons. And that movie is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Um, this is a movie that the year it came out, it was I can't remember if it won, like how many Oscars it won, but it was nominated for like every other category that year. Like it was it was it just had a massive presence at the Oscars. And it was one of those things this movie came out and I was I want to say I was in like seventh or eighth grade. And it was one of those things where I was finally watching the Oscars where a movie that I was really excited about was actually being recognized. And at the time, I was really kind of just in into it because of the crazy, fantastical fight scenes and stuff. But, um, you know, as I've gotten older, I've really expected this. Or I've really started to respect this movie just as an artistic piece. Um, I love I love the story of this movie. Um, I love that it it centers around sort of like battling for this um, this ancient like I can't remember if it's a magical sword, but the the battle around the sword because it's just such a it's such a romantic concept that I feel like is only found in, you know, like ancient uh, fairy tales and stuff like that. And I feel like this movie, when you watch it, it's like you're watching a fairy tale and how you when you hear a fairy tale, how you imagine it in your head. That's kind of how this movie is portrayed. And that's why you have the crazy wire work with a lot of the battle sequences and stuff like that, as well as uh, one of my favorite parts is there's like a really quiet, like really cool uh, sword fart, sword fight scene um, between uh, Chow Yun-Fat's character. And um, I can't I can't remember the. Uh, the female actress that he was battling with, but they're having this sort of quiet sword fight and they're above a lake at one point. And I remember them sort of bouncing off the water or lily pads while battling with swords. And there's one part where uh, I feel like it's Chow Yun Fat is coming straight at the water head first and he reaches out his sword and his sword dips in the water and then he bounces back up. And it's almost like this weird anti-gravity sequence, but it's those sort of imaginative uh, romantic, um, really just fantastical fairy tale parts of the story that I really respect the movie because of those scenes. Um, and then, you know, with all that being said, like, of course, the movie just has great action and martial arts and a really cool story. And I just remember when this movie came out, it was a bit of a this was, like I said, an Academy Award nominated film for a lot of reasons. And it looked just so awesome when it came out. And it was one of those movies that I just had to see. And I remember it was like, as soon as I got the chance, I had to rent this movie. And I kind of forced my parents to watch it and stuff. And I don't know if they were that interested, but it was just one of those like, as soon as I saw the trailer, I was just like, I have to see this thing. You know what I mean? So I don't know what else to say. We've talked about this movie before. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it again. Uh, Drew, I don't know if you have any thoughts. Um, no, I, this, this is one where crouching tiger, I think spanned, like I, there's not, there's not much I can say that you haven't already, but crouching yeah. tiger is such an important film in the genre of martial arts, because I think it spanned a generation of mm -hmm. we, we, because of, kill, because of crouching tiger, we got hero and we got iron monkey and we got other films of that ilk where people started looking at um, martial arts in a different way and doing movies in a specific way. If you watch Shang-Chi, 
you get fight sequences that are very much like a raid redemption or, you know, Romeo must die kind of, you know, fast paced Jet Li kind of, you know, fighting around. But then you still get the beautiful crouching tiger martial arts type magical Mm -hmm. to it. It's like it pulled Shang-Chi pulled elements from all these different martial arts films to create this, you know, beautiful piece. So. um. Yeah, that's. Absolutely. Like, that's awesome. And I, I still haven't seen Shang-Chi because I'm a bad Marvel fan, I guess. But uh, no, that's really cool because I feel like there's not enough of uh, I don't see a lot of these sort of like imaginative sort of action or martial arts films uh, coming out, you know, lately. So I definitely got to check that check out Shang-Chi and see how that uh, holds up and all that. I've but uh, no, I've that sounds awesome. Shang-Chi. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> oh, you haven't? I'm no. Really I feel like I just spoiled. <laughs> no, it's, for you. no, yeah, no, just, ab- absolutely not. I um, no, I, I, I you just kind of talked a little bit about the action from the movie, but I don't think you spoiled anything. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> the, the fight scenes are very. It's like half and half. Um, yeah. You know, like it's half and half, and you have these great, like, beautiful Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon level fight scenes, and then you have these street level Jackie Chan like you know, creative, like using the world as your weapon kind of fight scenes, which is awesome. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You'll be able to see that on November 12th and we'll get a, we'll get a good, uh, a review from you on that. Um, <laughs> right on. Yeah. All right. So I, that brings us to the end of the list. So I guess it's my pick for next week. Um, we are going to do, I'm going to throw this back in a comic book realm of things. Okay. And when I say comic book realm, we're talking like actual comic books. We're going to talk about our top five favorite independent comic story arcs. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Um, this is one that I've been sitting on for a while, but I was like, you know, let's pull that out of the back pocket. Let's talk about independent comics, uh, independent comics, specifically referring to, uh, we'll talk about this more next week, but referring to not DC, not Marvel. Uh, we're talking dark horse and image and, you know, the independent stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. This is a really fun. Um, yeah, this is just a really fun uh, list. This will be cool. Um, I'll definitely have to dig into some of my long boxes and uh, look up some old story see, arcs. See but you got, uh, see what you got sitting there. Um, <laughs> absolutely. And and story arcs might be the bad way of wording it. So if you just if you have a specific independent comic that you really liked um, and you want to just use that run as a whole, that's totally fine, too. No, yeah, I, def- I definitely know what you mean. Like, uh, I'm just thinking of a couple characters off the top of my head that is kind of like, well, I don't know story arcs, but I definitely really like a lot of the stories. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know that stories. So independent comics, I guess, is the best way. Yeah, it, so. no, no, I hear you. I'll All try right. to stick to story arcs as best as I can, though. But uh, yeah, awesome. Cool, man. All right. Well, everyone, do us a favor and uh, take a look at our website, top5report.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with the link to our email, top5report at gmail.com. You can interact with the show there or hit us up on social media. Either way works. Um, You can uh, we are on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can subscribe to us in those places. If you do, you will not miss a single episode. You can also leave us a review, which we love those five stars. But we also um, understand criticism because it makes us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter, what about you? 
Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I'll be revealing that I can't stop thinking about ninjas. These guys are cool. And by cool, I mean totally sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that joke. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Um, everybody, have a good night uh, for the Top 5 Report. I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. See you next week.